honey? Where's my super suit? What? Where is my super suit? Ever since I was a small boy, I've been obsessed with movies, books, and music. But as I grow older, I've begun to realize that these things increasingly miss the mark of fulfilling who we are meant to be. But they seem to have a common theme. They point us to a greater story, a greater adventure, a greater love, a greater joy. On this show, we dive into some of our favorite themes in songs, books, and movies so that we can begin the discussion of what our fascination with these stories actually reveal. A desire for something more. A desire for the unknown. A desire for love. A desire for God. Welcome to the adventure. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Christ in Culture. This is Clint. And this is Gordon. And we actually have a special guest on this week. We do. We have Patrick Neve. Is that Nevi? Nevi. I always pronounce your last name wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm glad you introduced it. Yeah. <laughs> this Were you going to pronounce my name wrong too? No, I would have. No. You would have done it right. Actually. Probably. Gordon, <laughs> we live together. But we share uh, a bath. Patrick actually has a podcast as well called The Crunch. It's true. Yeah. You yes. want to talk about that a little bit? Okay. So The Crunch is a podcast that my buddy Ethan and I started back in 2016. We were both in college at the time he's out so the point of the podcast is just talking about our lives as young adult college catholics and now more so like missionaries he just joined focus actually so and you work for adore for the summer as an i intern. do work for adore yeah yes so that's kind of how we got the connection here between gordon and patrick so yeah thanks for being on the show you're welcome i'm, I'm very excited to cool. talk about pixar movies yeah it's gonna be <laughs> fantastic so let's go ahead and just start off with the media that we've been up to. So, Gordon, you want to start us off? Sure. Yeah, I've been reading a lot of comic books lately. Yeah, I saw you were reading one when I walked in, actually. Yeah. Chris, for my birthday, gave me, like, a, a gift card for a comic book store hereby, and I've been, like, going in and out looking for a specific book and haven't found one, and the other day I just finally just cracked and got something else. And so it was Final Crisis was one I got, which is one I've read before. It's kind of what the DC universe is working itself up to. It's kind of like their Thanos and Infinity War. Okay. Um, and it's a phenomenal. Uh, and then Chris let me borrow one of his Secret Wars, which is like what the Marvel Universe could be leading up to after Infinity War. Well, Post-Infinity War? Yeah. And so Oof. I started reading that. Jarek um, still confirmed that I like DC better as mm-hmm. far as comic books go, but it's really good. It's really fun. Cool. Um, outside of that... Nothing. Not a whole lot? No. That's all good. It's it's like a really busy time for people in ministry right now. People think a lot of the times that as ministers and missionaries, oh, you have the summer off. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I think I've had, this is my second day off in the last like four weeks, so <laughs> definitely not off. But uh, Patrick, what yes. have you been taking in? I was talking to Gordon yesterday about how I I rewatched season four of Arrested Development, the re-edited version. Have you seen? I have not. You haven't? Do you watch Arrested Development? No, but oh, I've, okay. I've heard it's hilarious. It's yeah, great. so the fourth season is like a Netflix reboot. Indeed, uh, when they originally released it, they followed individual characters over the course of three years. 
each episode was a different character. And okay. so you saw the same events over and over again from a different character's perspective. And so it was really hard for people to put it linearly, you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. they got really bad feedback. And so the creator re-edited it back to linear. And so you watch it from the beginning to end. He tweeted about it. He was like, this is the worst experience of my life, but it's for you guys. <laughs> it's all for you. So I rewatched it and it, it, it made the show a lot better because I caught major plot points that I hadn't caught before. Cool. Makes more sense. Yeah, makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, what movie were we watching? We did a podcast no, on Mr. Nobody. Mr. Nobody. Yeah. Where it just jumped all over the place and it was so hard to follow because, have you seen that, Patrick? I have not. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's basically, a Gordon film. it's definitely a Gordon film. It's great. It doesn't make any sense a lot of the times, and even after talking about it, it makes a little it's bit a of sense. It's a boy that can but... see everything that could and would happen in every alternate yeah. mm. like instance, and so you're following timelines that haven't happened but could happen, and you're seeing all these things. Oh, so yeah. you run. So like his parents get divorced, and like what happens if they didn't get divorced, or what if he like stayed with his mom, or what if he stayed with his dad, and like all these different storylines. Oh. you don't know which one's real. Yeah, it's great. It's pretty cool, but Have it's also guys? very, very confusing and hard to follow sometimes. Have you guys ever seen 500 Days of Summer? Yes. No. It's pretty much the same thing. I own it. You own it? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> you guys have all these weird movies. I need to get with the game here. It's, it's a sad... It's a sad, sad indie movie. movie with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and yeah. Zoe... Deschanel. Deschanel. Yeah. Deschanel. <laughs> you know where Sisters is Bones... Who? What? You see Bones, like the TV show? No, I never watched Bones. Yeah. But you know about it? Yeah. That's Zoe's sister. Oh, no way. She's a Deschanel. Hmm. Fun fact. There you go. <laughs> the things you learn on the Christian culture. <laughs> Random celebrity fun facts. <laughs> yeah. What have you, you been watching? Or reading? Have yeah, honestly, reading? the newest thing for me has been you, in pre- previous weeks, oh, Gordon, right. have talked about the podcast, The Bright Sessions. Mm. Which is awesome. I finished it. Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. Great. Then we need to talk about that soon. <laughs> so Gordon's been talking about that for a couple of weeks now, and he invited me to check it out a while ago, and I think I crushed it in under a week, like the whole thing. So all four seasons, just listened to all of them. And then the finale came out on my birthday, <laughs> which was a great gift, so... I got to listen to that, which was really, really good. So if you haven't seen or haven't listened to the Bright Sessions, go check it out. Very, very good. And I'm sure we'll be talking about it in the future. If not on air, maybe on a video Yeah, for YouTube. So we'll probably talk about it somewhere. But yeah. That's, the, that's good, talking about movies on a podcast and talking about podcasts on video. It's a good yeah. little yeah. switcheroo. <laughs> we like to mix things up a little bit. But yeah, and I was I was gonna I was preparing I was planning on preparing for this week's episode by rewatching The Incredibles. I'd seen it a couple. Of, I think I saw it last week, but I wanted to rewatch it just to refresh myself. And instead, I watched Turbo, and I found that Turbo is actually a good analogy for the woman caught in adultery. Really? No. <laughs> no, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. It's is about it? a snail that goes really fast. Oh. Okay. What was yeah. your What would you say yesterday? It's a ripoff. It's a ripoff of Cars and a Bug's Life. <laughs> <laughs> Bug's Life is great, though. I think it's like a super underrated movie. I'm partial to Ants. So is Incredibles. Oh, Ants is good. 
for a while, Incredibles was super underrated. Super underrated. Yeah. How is it underrated? Like, it's cla- it's classic. Now it's like and now it is. Every single person our age is when it came with out. Incredibles. Like the three years from when it came out to like two years after, it just kind of like went under the radar. Hmm. Like I remember it coming out and like people like enjoyed it, but with the other Pixar movies that came out like before and after, it was like it was in the year of like Finding Nemo. Oh yeah. So it seemed like no big deal. Like and we're like, yeah. this movie's great. So because now now that you have this like anthology look at Pixar, you're like, man, all of these are winners, right. but they weren't winners coming out one after the other. No. Yeah, because Finding Nemo is a really big deal for Pixar animation wise. Right. But Incredibles really wasn't. Because it was like it, they weren't really pushing themselves as much as they did for Finding Nemo. Am I wrong? I have no idea. You have no idea. I don't know Pixar history. They usually try to like. They usually try to like do something <laughs> new every movie. Yeah. Like for Brave, they animated each individual strand of hair. I right? just remember at school, it wasn't like on the fun days we watched Incredibles. <laughs> we watched Finding Nemo. Right. So, and I can see where Finding Nemo is going to be more cinematically yeah it's appealing, the ocean, right? Yeah, because it's it's very beautiful. Whereas most of this takes place in a city or I guess a big part of it's in the jungle too, but there's not the same kind of detail as I think they put yeah. in Finding Nemo and maybe that's what you're trying to get to. I did notice because I just rewatched it this morning to <laughs> prepare for this. If you guys haven't figured it out by now, we're, <laughs> we're talking about Incredibles today. Yeah. But so I went back and rewatched it and the sunsets in Incredibles are really, really good. Really? Yeah. Huh. I've never noticed that before. Very colorful and, Bright detail. The scenes yeah. where so they maybe that's the detail. What's the lady that like makes her suits? Edna Mode. Yeah, so Edna, the scenes of her play, like locations because usually she has like a like a giant mansion in like the right. It was like on a cliff or in, like a yeah. rock or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are usually really pretty. I remember. I, remember. Mm-hmm. I imagine if you just had like a waterfall, you'd have like the up location. Yeah, up location. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So with that. Do we want to just jump right into Incredibles? Yes. Let's do it. I'm excited. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Great. So I think we're actually just going to kind of walk through the story and, and go for it. So Yeah. And we're doing Incredibles 1. So yes. we're not spoiling like the second movie. Yeah. I don't think we've seen the second movie. I have I, not. I have not. Yeah. No. I want to. Yeah. Well, now, now that I've seen the first one again, I have to. Although, I have to be honest. I watched the first one in installments on accident so i was like i just we were like hey let's watch the incredibles so we watched the first part and then we turned it off and then we all went to bed and then two weeks later someone happened to be watching the incredibles from the same spot that i left off so it's choppy but perfect (laughs) it works it works uh yeah so let's just go ahead and walk through the story cool yeah so when we start off in incredibles one we are in kind of a throwback era where superheroes are at their heyday, basically, in the city. And we see Mr. Incredible, who's one of our main characters, and Elastigirl are both going around and just doing a bunch of superhero stuff, saving cats from trees and stopping (laughs) robberies and stuff like that. And then things kind of take a turn for the worse. So if y'all remember... There's a little boy. I don't know how old he is in this scene, but his name is Buddy, and he's Mr. Incredible's biggest fan. And he wants to be a superhero, but 
he doesn't have any superpowers. It's got to be in his teens, I imagine. I would think so. He's in early high school. Like early preteens. Yeah. We'll say he's like a freshman. Freshman or sophomore in high school. Yeah. That's a freshman thing. Yeah. You know, strapping yeah, rockers. I just feel like the yeah. kid on the wheel, the, the big wheel. Yeah. He was probably 10 or 11. That's true. I guess judging and age he seemed is hard. older okay. than that. Yeah. So I imagine and he's like 15. Dash is what, like 11? He's like in middle school. Right. And this guy was significantly larger. Oh, right. So, okay, yeah, we'll say middle high school. Seemed like he thought he was adulting, you know? Mm. Like, I can be my own. Stuff Something too. I noticed in the movie, Dash's name is Dashiel. Like Daniel. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I, 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 was, I was like, how is Dash going to conceal his identity if his superhero name is his name? His <laughs> real life name, but it's because his name is Dashiel. Well, if you look at all of the family, so Dash, obviously he's fast, right? Yeah. So that's his superpower. Violet... Her ability is that she can like mutate violet rays so that she goes invisible, and then Jack Jack is jack of all trades. That's why he has oh. all the superpowers. And yes. Bob, Bob <laughs> was is named before the whole superpower. Clearly, race. they didn't know there yeah, was superpowers. Yeah, little Bob the Builder. He built this family. Oh this my family. gosh, that's a stretch. <laughs> Speaking <Strategy>. of <laughs> <laughs> did not plan that. Okay. Also, just wanted to note that I didn't realize this until we, I stumbled upon this, other people watching it as well. That when you say it's a throwback, it's obviously a throwback to before the movie starts, really. Yeah. But even where it starts, we're in like the seventies. Oh yeah. So it's like a, it's like the fifties mm-hmm. or so, when. Uh, when it starts. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, so we see a couple different time shifts there. But yeah, so we see this guy come in, Buddy, and once he starts interacting with Mr. Incredible, there's some tension there, and Mr. Incredible kind of wants him to just leave so that he can take care of his business and not risk this kid getting hurt. And so he says the famous line, fly home, Buddy. And at that point, the kid's kind of hurt a little bit, and he wants to prove himself, and so he flies off. He's like, I'm going to go help. And in doing so, a bomb is from one of the bad guys they're fighting. It's like attached to his, his back, and it causes this big thing. They blow up a railroad track, and people on the train get hurt. And then Mr. Incredible goes to save this guy jumping out of off a building, committing suicide. And he saves him, but then the guy's mad because he saved him. Mm-hmm. And so everyone just gets really mad because they're hurt or they didn't get what they want and so they just all start turning on the superheroes at this point sounds familiar to what the sokovia accords ah yeah very much so like just it's just in natural superhero lore there you go thank you that's the word i was looking for lore that like people that aren't superheroes like love when it works out but when it doesn't work out they're like i hate this they need to be accountable Right. Well, I mean, the Incredibles are basically the Fantastic Four. We talked about this, right? If Dash lit on fire, it'd be the Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. People are either hurt or not getting what they want with the saving, the superheroes having to do the saving. And so now there's this tension with superheroes. This is like the transition from the ending of the throwback yeah. into where we start. And basically, like, they're trying to ban superheroes. And I know you didn't listen to the Bright Sessions, but it kind of goes to into the Bright Sessions too, oh, which is yeah. about like atypicals, kids or people with like special powers, but the world doesn't really know atypicals exist, 
because there's this organization that's like testing on trying to learn their DNA, but keep it like hush hush. And like we see this in the X Men, because I would see this in Marvel movies. It's just a reoccurring theme that like where they're needed in like super extreme circumstances, but when they screw up, then we blame them. Right. And that's just a human tendency in anything. And a, a reoccurring theme in throughout this movie, and then I think a little bit in, in those other things as well, is that there's this desire that this jealousy that I wish I had powers too for the people who don't and so this recurring idea of well if everyone is super then nobody is super and so then we're all on this equal playing field and so there's kind of this this tension between the people with superpowers and the people without because there's the jealousy and this this fear that well they're more powerful than me so they could do something so there's there's always that tension there well in the scene that you were playing before we just started with that with Helen and Dash in the car. Yeah, after the school. Yeah, after the school, she's like, he's like, um, Dad tells me that my powers make me special. And she goes, well, everyone's special, Dash. And it's kind of this, I think I think she has the right idea of like, well, you know, everyone has gifts. Yours are just different, right? Mm-hmm. But then she's also stuck in this retro mindset of like, well, everyone's special, therefore no one is, so you need to hide your powers it's kind of this weird contradictory reasoning yeah it's this idea of like it's this recognition of gifts and even when we're talking about our gifts it's just like knowing that god grants us all gifts and we have different ones and we've talked about this young adult groups before where there's two types of people someone that has like one or two greek gifts they're really good at and you have like kevin who is like a jack of all trades and he just does like a whole bunch Everything. of different stuff, <laughs> yeah. you know? And neither one of those is better than the other. It's just recognizing what you can and can't do. Mm-hmm. So this opening scene with, with uh, Buddy, and he's like, I want to help. And if you just recognize, like, this was kind of situationally something for Mr. Incredible and like something with like those gifts to do it, then maybe on a smaller scale thing or maybe like out of bat combat, Mr. Incredible would have been like, yeah, let's train, let's like, let, let me show you some things, let's like play around, but in this situation, it's not the time. And, and he does recognize that later on in the movie, too. We see he kind of apologizes later on. I don't want to spoil it, but hopefully you guys have seen it. It's been like 14 years. It's been like 14 years. So uh, later on, Buddy actually becomes the main supervillain, right? And when Buddy has... Well, now he's called Syndrome, that's what he calls himself, has captured Mr. Incredible, and Mr. Incredible realizes that he's defeated. He says, I'm sorry, like, I should not have treated you like that, I should have given you a chance. And Syndrome's like, you're, you're too late. Like, it's been 15 years, and now that I'm powerful, now you fear me. And that's the only reason why, why you're giving me another chance. Mm. But I, I think that's a really good point. When when we fail to see the gifts in other people and give them the chance, then we are not just wasting those gifts, but we're actually putting them in a position where they're not using it for, for good. You know, and in this case, their syndrome uses his gifts for evil. Right. He even talks about how he is going to sell all the, the weapons to other countries so that they can compete and, and have war because that's what he's good at. Well, even in the syndrome circumstance, or 
buddy going back to the beginning and then in, in the circumstance of the mom talking to Dash I think there is this importance when it comes to gifts of allowing someone to be better better than you in some like circumstances so yeah. we have this balance of people lifting us up or we're lifting other people's up um, because with the, with the way of her saying like everyone's special that's really almost that like everyone's a winner mindset mm-hmm. and that also gets us nowhere yeah that then we have like a world where everyone thinks they deserve anything participation and trophies right <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's it's just like a less complicated version of saying well everyone's special in their own way so we need it's, it's just too much work to figure out the individual ways that everyone's special so she's just going to put on this blanket statement and say okay everyone's special so we all just need to pretend like we're all the same Mm-hmm. Because nothing actually makes us special, so we need to like hide our gifts and not let them help people. Yeah, for sure. So we, we've kind of been jumping around in the story, which is totally fine. But uh, just for, for those who haven't seen, there, after a certain point in the movie, we kind of go back to what is the quote-unquote current time period, right. which is like the 70s. Yeah, And at that time, that's when we see... Okay, Elastigirl, who we talked about before, and Mr. Incredible get married and they have this family. And that's kind of what we're talking about with their son named Dash, their daughter Violet, and then their youngest baby, Jack-Jack, who they don't know has powers yet until the end. They figure out that he has powers. And I heard we're going to hear more about that in the second movie. That's what I'm most excited about. I'm really excited about that. So that's kind of the situation we're at. We have this family who now has to hide their, their superpowers because no one wants them around anymore. And so that's kind of where all this tension's coming from. And we talked about the school thing where he gets in trouble at school, Dash does, because he wants to use his powers to, to stand out because that's part of who he is. But it's kind of being repressed a little bit because he can't stand out because that would draw attention. So there's there's a lot of tension there as well. And so what happens is the whole family, I think, is kind of struggling with this. We see Mr. Incredible is now just Bob. And he's working in insurance, but he still wants to help people. And so his boss always gets mad at him because he just signs off on people's claims, no matter what the claim is, because he just wants to help them. It's the same lady with the cat, by the way. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that till I watched it this morning. The same lady that he helps in like the opening scene, with, get the cat out of the tree, is a... The lady that he signs the check for and so his boss gets mad there's this big argument he throws his boss through like five walls and then he gets, gets fired gets fired and some kind of agent k type comes in he's like we wiped everyone's memories I'm like this men in black now too <laughs> <laughs> yeah you definitely get that kind of vibe as, as they're walking through and then right after that is when we see mr incredible gets this secret message Right, so the secret message is asking him to go on a mission where he's going to make a lot of money right after he got fired. He's going to get a chance to be Mr. Incredible again, which he's clearly been desiring for like 15 years at this point. Yeah. And so he takes it, takes the job. But the downside is he lies to his family about where he's going. But mostly because he didn't tell her that he got fired, right? Right. Yeah, he was too afraid to tell her that, and so he t- told her that he's going on a work conference instead. Right. Yeah. So he goes on this trip, and... Classic trying to get back in the suit yeah. scene. Yeah. That's, yeah, that was... <laughs> I remember that, that trailer. Yeah. 
That was the first. That was the first trailer I saw back <laughs> in the day. Yeah, I was like nine years old. <laughs> yeah, this, this is like half of our life has been waiting for this second movie to come out. Yeah, I've been seeing like point. memes of people that's like Incredibles two is for kids, and it's like adults dressed in like Incredibles attire going for the like, like pumping kids out of the way, going through the doors <laughs> into the oh, watch out, watch out! I'm trying to get a good seat, trying to get a good that's seat. Every that's every movie now though. It's like <laughs> Finding Dory, for real, dressed as clownfish. <laughs> yeah yeah so he goes on this mission and he gets to this island where he's supposed to basically take out this evil machine that went rogue basically it's they say it's a government organization that's trying to make a weapon and it just got too powerful and they lost control so he gets there and he's got to battle it basically and eventually he wins and they they go back he goes back home and while he's back home he's just loving life right we see all of a sudden he's happy again he's he's using his gifts and his relationship seems to be great with his family there's this like scene where he kisses like every single person in the family and they're just like everyone's just like really confused (laughs) because why is he so happy all of a sudden they start buying sports cars and all this stuff and just life seems really good but on the other hand, he's living this lie where he's mm-hmm. hiding stuff from his family. And that's how lies work, right? Like, they work temporarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You lie, and then and you're like, this, like, is, this great. is great. I got out of it. <laughs> exactly. Which leads us to this next part. Yeah. Where his wife starts to find, like, female hairs on his jacket when he comes back from these conferences, quote-unquote conferences. Or when she finds that his suit his super suit had a rip in it and now she wants to know why is his super suit ripped it wasn't ripped before so clearly he was doing something so she's starting to see that there's something going on here that she doesn't know about and so she contacts edna mode who you had just talked about the little short lady that designs their uniforms and she finds out that bob had ordered suits for himself but then edna went on and made the whole family, the whole family suits but edna didn't know that helen didn't know yeah. about the whole thing and so they get this idea that obviously uh bob's doing something behind her back but i think helen gets this idea that maybe he's having an affair mm-hmm. And that's kind of something that goes through. And she says in this scene, talking to Edna Moe, this is probably one of the most famous scenes from the movie, I think. She's like, what will I do? And she like just starts crying. And then Edna jumps up on a table and has this roll of paper. And is like, pull yourself together. What do you mean? What are you going to do? You're going to let him know that you remember he is Mr. Incredible. And you're going to remind him who you are. And I feel like this is a common trend in every single podcast I've been doing for the past couple months, but we get this idea of identity again, um, that we, we have these unique gifts that we are given. And we were just talking about how each person has different gifts, but some of these people have these quote unquote mm-hmm. super gifts that help make them who they are. And suppressing that is kind of suppressing a part of ourself too, when we're not using the gifts that, that we're given. Identity comes up later too when Helen is Helen and the kids are on the island 
And she's like kind of giving them a crash course in superheroes. Yeah. And she says, remember your identity is your most important weapon when she's giving them the masks. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And then it shows like a really big character change in her. She goes from everyone special to your identity is your most important weapon. You need to remain yourself. Right. Yeah. That's really good. Especially going off of what we've talked about in previous episodes where our identity obviously is rooted in God and our relationship with him. So that's our most important weapon. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think I see like, and it's where we're, where we're at now, but also even even further in the film, it's just this balance of gifts and identity, but in the middle of that, like the importance of humility when it comes to both those. Uh, if you know the humility of being able to tell his wife that he was he was fired and he just got this superhero job. She probably would have been fine with that, and mm-hmm. like, we're like, I'll help you out, or I'll watch the kids, don't die, <laughs> right? You know, and just like that, and we see humility, like later on, in like in the end when they're trying to like work their way back in the regular life, and Dash is like running track, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> second close second, <laughs> yeah. And actually, I think we start to see exactly what you're talking about with that humility in the trailers for the sequel, right? Where now it's Elastigirl who's being called out on the missions and obviously I haven't seen the movie yet but it seems like there's some kind of understanding there and now Bob's the one staying home taking care of the kids and saying yeah go do what you need to do go save the world and and be who you need to be even though he's a little bit jealous I think right he's not the one that gets to do it but he's taking that sacrifice on to take care of the family and I've not seen the trailers. Oh, wow. I hope I didn't spoil that. I don't watch trailers, but thank you. No, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Also, another really interesting thing, which just might be like a stretch or something, but with Edna's (laughs) Edna's no capes. No capes. Yeah, no capes. So, you know, like capes is like the classic, you're a superhero, like giveaway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like when it comes to, we're talking about identity in this movie, the fact that they're trying to be like modest superheroes. And so she's like, no capes. Like, you're not trying to show off. Like, that's not why she said no capes. She's saying no capes because, like, she shows, like, a whole bunch of people wearing capes and they're, like, dying. you want to survive. But, like, the idea of, like, we're not trying to be superheroes that are flashy and, like, hey, look at me, I'm a superhero. But we're trying to be superheroes that just have these gifts and are using them for the greater good. Yeah, your yeah. costume is just branding. Right. You know? Just leave it at that. Just to make, be Mr. Incredible and not Bob. Yeah. That way, that way you can be Bob. And no one's like, oh, Mr. Incredible. You're not like Tony Stark in the uh, superhero world. Or all right. of the Avengers. They're all like that. None of them have secret identities. One of my favorite lines in Infinity War, spoiler, I guess, is when when, when, when Peter Parker meets Doctor Strange. And oh, yeah. He's like, I'm Doctor Strange. Like, or he goes, I'm Peter Parker. I'm Doctor Strange. Oh, we're using our made-up names. I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a minor spoiler. I think they can survive. Y'all, y'all are good with your It's out of theaters now, so. Yeah, seriously. So, yeah, and then we see at this point, uh, we've already mentioned it a little bit, but basically the whole family, except for Jack-Jack, gets on a plane and goes to Mr. Incredible's rescue on this island, and they all are battling Syndrome and his minions. Mm. But in the end, they're all captured. Because Syndrome has a sweet tool. I don't know if y'all remember this, but he has like the, he points his finger and everyone just freezes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, Classic. I got busy. 
Yeah. He does a little, he does a little <laughs> shimmy while holding them in place. Yeah. It's ridiculous. He's he's a hilarious supervillain, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's The best line is sitter. Stands for sitter. When I want to go on with, like, I once said babysitter, but I don't want to go around like BS on my. <laughs> that's from a, that's from a bonus episode. That's from a deleted no. scene, I think. Is it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's when because they they don't show him at the end. He syndrome beats them back to America, I guess, and he takes Jack Jack. Takes Jack Jack. He kidnaps him by by tricking the babysitter and saying that Helen sent him as a replacement, which is classic babysitter one on one. You don't anyway. Um, <laughs> And so I think that's a deleted scene where he says like, "Oh yeah, I'm a sinner," because they don't they don't show him tricking Kari, but they do in a deleted scene. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So go check out the deleted scenes because it's great. Best, They're cool. Best. I mean, I I had the two disc special edition of Incredibles. Of course, all the adventures of Jack Jack. Yeah. Oh yeah. Classic. Yeah. So like you said, after all this, he kind of captures the Incredible family, mm-hmm. and then he goes off to America to have his plan which is to release his machine and then he's the only one who knows how to stop it basically so he's going to be the hero syndrome's mm-hmm. going to be the hero but per usual the oh and all the incredibles are um captured and held in a cruciform position that's all that i'm going to say about that yeah <laughs> that's true <laughs> and then in in this next part they i think violet especially starts to really embrace her identity as a superhero. Yeah. Uh, she starts to figure out her... She's freaking powerful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's, she makes like this force field, and that's how she's able to, to rescue the whole family from the device that they're being held in, yeah. basically. It was like, wow, Mr. Incredible is like apologizing, and like, this is my fault. And she just... It's so funny, because she's like so shy throughout most of the movie, and all of a sudden she's just like rolling away. She's like, well, this is great, but we're going to get out of here. And like... <laughs> She's just taking range. Yeah, and she saves the whole family, and they're able to board or steal a rocket and fly back to America via rocket, which is pretty sweet. And there's the classic scene of uh, dad driving and mom trying to give him directions and like, no, take the Fort Ted. No, the Fort Ted will take us downtown. <laughs> Go to the freeway. <laughs> yes. And mom winning. And mom winning. Yeah. Right. Fine. <laughs> yeah, and so they finally get to where they need to be and they're fighting this giant machine because when Syndrome tries fighting the machine the the machine is like artificially intelligent so it learns from its mistakes yeah. and from the people that it's fighting and it learns where Syndrome has the remote control that mm-hmm. controls itself and yeah. he like shoots it off his hand yeah mm-hmm. so those that don't know like Syndrome has created this machine and controls it, so he's like fake fighting it to make himself look like the superhero. Yeah. And then the AI like learns that's what's happening and get, has the upper hand eventually. So now like superheroes are actually in need because there's this robot that's better than Syndrome and destroying the city. Because we all know, and we all know that's exactly what happens when you make AI. Like, that's what you get for making AI. <laughs> I, I think to me when I when I watched this this morning, it reminded me of when we as humans try to say that we have kind of evil in control and we mm. have our sin in control and we try to just handle it by ourselves. And obviously we see how well that works for syndrome and I think that's what happens to the rest of us too. So for example, someone's struggling with an addiction and they're like, no, I'll, I'll take care of it. I don't need, I don't need help. Yeah, it's a huge imagery for pride. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like, for him it was like show-offy. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, does he have a cape? Yeah, yes. he does. He has yeah. a cape. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Solid and <laughs> and I, I love that it's the control button because he literally loses control of, of everything. Yeah. yeah. And something that I found really, really cool is that it actually takes the family in order to make things right again. Yeah. The whole family. The whole family. Yeah. Another best best scene in my opinion. Like real tear jerkers when Mr. Incredible just parked the van and he wants to run off and like like let's all go and she's he's like no and like doesn't want to admit why he doesn't want them to go with him, but it's just because earlier he thought they died in the explosion and mm-hmm. then they got captured and he's like, I just can't lose you again. And so he's like it's not pride, but it's like, I'm trying to protect you. I need to do this. And, and he's like, I'm she's, not strong enough. Yeah, I'm not strong enough to lose you, which is ironic because he's super, super, super strong guy. Yeah. But he's like not strong enough to lose his family. Mm-hmm. But it does take like this whole family teamwork and Frozen, like the uncle. Yeah, the right. Uncle. <laughs> and I think that's, that's really true in today's society, though, too. Like the answer to a lot of issues that we have nowadays is fixing the family and bring the family mm-hmm. back together. I just saw a tweet this morning. I think I actually retweeted it on our Christian culture Twitter. So go check it out. But it's <laughs> talking about how, uh, if you want to fix the problem of the pre shortage, you fix the family first. Yeah. If you want to fix the problem of whatever, like this highest depression rate in the history of the world is in the U S right now, all stuff like that high suicide rate, is like 21st century right now if you want to fix those things they start by fixing the family and that's been something the church has always taught and always stood behind is the family is the cornerstone of of everything society it's the cornerstone of our our education and and our upbringing and morality and so when the family falls apart everything else falls apart but when the family is strong and stays together that's when we have this super family that's able to take out the evil. I think that's a really strong message throughout the film, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would like to point out that I think Elastigirl also has super strength. And here's why. Because she's the scene where they're flying in. She's holding She's the, holding an RV up. Yeah. Without even, like, stretching. Yeah. She's holding it flat. Yeah. So super it's like, impressive. That's, that's a lot of, like, triceps. I yeah. think it's the fact that she's just elastic. It's like a rubber band. Yeah. She's a super strong rubber band. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, get yeah, it. Because, yeah. like, you see that. And I'm sure there's scenes, or at least in the comic book I'm reading, which is Marvel, uh, Mr. Fantastic is in it. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, he can take, like, major debris, like, bullets and stuff, and, like, just stretches out as a shield for other people in front of him. But they just ricochet out because he's, like, when he's flattened out like she is, he can hold more. I don't know. It's superhero logic. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know how they figured out they could do that. You know, like, when they're in superhero training, they're like, hey, maybe. Hey. Let's shoot dude, you with a bullet. Shoot me. <laughs> we'll see if it works. Just the arm. Don't worry. It's fine. Do you guys have a, a challenge for this week? Recognize the gifts in your family. And this week, let them know what their gifts are and like affirm your family's gifts individually (laughs) that's good I like that cool so do you guys have any closing shout outs as we wrap things up 
I do have one. What's his name? Matt Matthew Novak uh, is someone I told this podcast about. Know of like a friend I have out here in Houston, and he checked it out and gave us great feedback. He's like, I love the format and the style. You guys are doing great. Cool. Um, I don't know if you mentioned this, but Thanks, I guess Matt. we are in good company. But he said that he would recommend two out of ten over the crunch. So I don't know. Oh. Nice. Wow. <laughs> All right, Matt. You know what? Unshout out. <laughs> the Crunch is good too, though. Y'all should check it out. The Crunch is good if you like sugary cereals <laughs> and young Catholic boys. Gordon and Clint are, are older Catholic boys, <laughs> not young boys. Our primary We're audience is sorority old. girls and moms. Oh, That's really? the primary audience. Okay. Not intentionally. Interesting. <laughs> I think the first episode of The Crunch that I listened to was, it was like right after you started going solo for a little bit. Oh, so you had that solo episode yeah. and you were just like, Friends kept up. talking about how you're awkwardly ranting to yourself and it <laughs> felt felt weird. Yeah. I can imagine. It, it felt it felt super weird. I recorded it downstairs. And yeah. I, just, I was like talking to myself and um, everyone was in the other room and the entire time I was thinking, they can hear me. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> It's fun though. You love it. I much I much more enjoy conversational podcasts because I don't have to prepare as much. Right. Yeah. 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 It's more fun too. Yeah. You get to build off of each other. Yeah. But did you have any other shout outs for this? Shout week? out Ethan and in Crunch Fashion, shout out Teresa. Teresa needs to be shouted out. And also shout out Phoebe, of course. Nice. Yeah, so shout outs all around. I actually I don't think I have any this week, unfortunately. Actually, well, all so. our new listeners, because we've had random listeners. Yeah, yeah. Here and there. We I would say what your names are, but it's like username one, two, and then some weird names. No offense. I just would butcher them. Right. Mm -hmm. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Thanks to all the new listeners. We appreciate you guys. And as always, we want to encourage you to follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. If you want to get a hold of us, reach out to us on our Gmail account. It's in the notes section, but it's it's pretty simple. Just thechristinculture at gmail.com. And check out our YouTube video channel we are trying to get some new stuff on there as well it's been kind of a busy couple of weeks so we haven't put much up yet no. but so be- figuring that out bear with us give us a couple of weeks and we'll have some good stuff up there as well and with that i also want to ask that you please 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 share us with your friends uh, we've said this before for every single person that shares us on social media we reach at least 200 more people so please share It's a simple click of a button, and you can help us reach over 200 more people, which is fantastic. So please do that. Give us reviews. Give us feedback. We want to hear from you guys because that's why we do this and helps us grow. Patrick, how can they find you? You'd find me at Catholic Pat on Twitter, at Patrick Nevy, III on Instagram. It's Patrick Nevy III. Gordon's the third too, right? I am. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. The Crunch is www.thecrunchcast.com or... Facebook.com slash The Crunch. Searching The Crunch on various things would find it. iTunes. iTunes and Google Play. Cool. Anywhere you find podcasts. And we will put some links to some of Patrick's stuff on here, too, for you guys. So just check out the notes section, and you can find him as well. So Thanks for joining. Hey, you got it. Yeah. Blast. <laughs> I, I, I really want to go see Incredibles, too. <laughs> we should all do that, like, really soon. Really soon. Cool. Thanks for joining us on the adventure, guys, and we will see you next week. God bless.